Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome into the Auburn Live Basketball Show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. I am Justin Hokinson with me, as always, Mr. J. Head. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, buddy? How's it going, Hope? They're hanging in there. Hanging in there. Um... Lots to talk about basketball-wise. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into that real quick. Shout out to the sponsor of the show, Session Cocktail. Go check them out when you get a chance down there on Magnolia Avenue. Great place to have some drinks. It's actually out uh, there Sunday night for a minute. Had a little little private event up there with some with some with some good drinks and stuff. So go check them out if you're if you live in Auburn. A great time to go as as students leave campus. That'd be an awesome time to go up there. Pretty much any time you want, you should be good to go to get a seat and drinks and not have to wait or anything like that. Uh, if you're coming down for the basketball game, um, for some basketball games, and, and once SEC play gets going, come down there and have a drink before games, before evening games and stuff like that. Um, but go check them out right there on Magnolia Avenue. Session Cocktails, proud sponsor of AuburnLive.com and uh, the Auburn Live Show. All right, Jay, let's jump into some basketball, um, some basketball chatter. Really, we just got the – the one game to talk about, they had a big break from Appy State to Indiana. Um, real quick for everybody, AP rankings came out. Auburn's not ranked in the top 25. They're 29th according to receiving votes. I think they're fifth in the SEC. Kentucky's ranked. Tennessee's ranked. Ole Miss got votes ahead of Auburn. Texas A&M got votes ahead of Auburn. So Auburn's, you know, technically the fifth ranked, fifth highest ranked SEC team. They're right there on the cusp of being ranked. Polls mean basically nothing to me in college basketball, but we cite them and Bruce Pearl cares about them because it's history. And so there's some significance just to being in the polls and rankings. But in basketball, they just they just don't mean a lot. Um, as far as ratings, where we stand uh, as of Monday after the Indiana game, Auburn is 11th in Ken Palm, which is extremely strong. That makes them the second highest ranked SEC team. Tennessee's nine, Auburn is 11. Bama's 13, and then you move down the list. Kentucky's 22, A&M's 23, Mississippi State 28. That's kind of how that looks. And then Torvik, the Torvik analytics, which are really, really good as well, Auburn is 12th um, in that as well. Auburn has a top 20 offensive and defensive efficiency in Ken Palm. They are, their assist rate right now is 68.3%. Uh, they assist on field goals. That's second in the country. They are almost the number one in the country in assists on field goals. They're doing a remarkable job there. Defense continues to look pretty good and put up some numbers. So analytics are strong. Um, they got UNC Asheville coming up this week in Huntsville on Wednesday night. They got then, of course, the, the showdown against Southern Cal on Sunday at noon in Neville Arena. If they can get past these two games, they'll probably, they should, go into SEC play 11-2. and two. So next couple games big for this Auburn team. Well, let's talk about the Indiana game, man. Bounce back nicely. What did you think of what you saw? I was there in Atlanta State Farm Arena. Dude, Indiana fans, I mean, I thought the Indiana I thought they would show out. I was a little surprised there weren't more Auburn fans. Um, I don't know. The, the, the two 
the two baseline upper decks looked like they were closed. It looks like they were completely empty. So I don't know if they even sold tickets there, but um, a good number of Auburn fans. But I'd probably say it was 65, 35 Indiana fans. Good, good showing by Auburn. I thought, but I thought maybe it'd be 50-50, but Indiana showed out. But it was a great atmosphere, absolute NCAA tournament type atmosphere, and Indiana fed off that early. Um, but I thought, you know, obviously Auburn settled in. What did you think watching that thing unfold, start to finish, especially in the context of what we just saw a week ago in Appalachian State? Well, first and foremost, let's talk about what we thought we wanted to see moving into this game, and we wanted to see Auburn from start to finish, really take control of a basketball game. Now, obviously, minus the start. From about six minutes in, Auburn took control of that game, and they never looked back. And it's the best this team has looked. Now, Indiana's not the best opponent, and I'm not trying to – look, you're talking about a proud program that obviously has a very rich history with Bobby Knight, that motion offense, Isaiah Thomas, and multiple other players, but those guys aren't on the floor for Indiana right now. Uh, I think that was a quad three win for us which probably will move into a quad two. I think Indiana is going to win some games in the Big Ten this year and continue to improve. But Auburn's guards just overwhelmed Indiana. The athleticism, um, they really, that's the best showing we've had from, you know, Denver, Aiden, Trey, KD, all involved. And then obviously you had a phenomenal showing from Jalen Williams. He showed you what he can do when he's on. When he's on and he's motivated, Jalen Williams is a guy that is a tough, tough cover, a guy you can run good stuff good stuff for. Um, and he's just, man, he can be unworldly when he, when he wants to be. But from start to finish, Hope, this is just a game that we really came out. We played. We excelled. We shared the basketball extremely well. There weren't a lot of selfish plays, not a lot of isolation plays. We got in on those flex, cut, flex cuts and shot the ball in an extremely high clip. I think from two, we were 49%, so 21 of 43. From three, we were 14 of 29 for 48%. And from the foul line, we were 20 of 23 for 87. Bruce will take that each and every night. I promise you if he can get that kind of production. But you're right. This was the start of a big three-game stretch for us. You've got another neutral site game coming up in Huntsville where Bruce is going to continue to build those witnesses across the state of Alabama that he likes to talk about and take a game to a very – basketball rich and uh, enthusiastic crowd there in Huntsville. And then you come back home against probably the best opponent you're going to play in our non-conference outside of Baylor in USC. So, but loved what you saw against Indiana, love how they shot it, how they shared it, the game plan, everything. I thought they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. I mean, they, they were down 22 to 10. It was a weird start. Indiana had, was a team that did not shoot a lot of threes and didn't even make a lot of threes when they did shoot them. And they start four for five. And you're like, what in the world? Indiana hadn't had a game where they made more than four all season and they hit four in the first four minutes. And you're like, hold on. This is not normal. Um, I think they took advantage of Auburn doubling down. Guys were, I think they were ready for that. And they yeah. probably had a little confidence shooting those threes early. Like, they're going to double. I'm going to get looks. Uh, Auburn adjusted, kind of went back away from that. I thought a little bit, sort of went back a little bit more to traditional defense and gave the guys some confidence and, um, and, and everything settled in nicely. You mentioned the guards. I mean, that's, that's the takeaway from that game. I, I wrote after that game, it reminded you of, and then Bruce, sure enough, Bruce said it in his post game. It, it absolutely reminded you of, you know, one of those games where you watch, in football where you watch an elite SEC team, a 
against a Big Ten team and you see the speed difference, mm-hmm. that's what's going on Saturday from the guard position. I mean, it was good luck staying with Aiden Holloway and Katie Johnson in Denver and even Jalen's athletic ability at the four compared to what they had there. Uh, it was just a, a, a dramatic difference in athleticism. And when Auburn has that kind of advantage athletically, um, they can do a lot of they can do a lot of good things. It takes a unique type of team if you don't have the athletes Auburn does to slow. You have to really, really purposely slow the thing down if you're not going to have the athletes that Auburn does. And Indiana didn't really try to do that. They just tried to play their game, and Auburn suffocated them. Um, and, and just just dominated that game. I mean, you look across two turnovers, which is remarkable. Well, three, but we won't count the last one as a shot clock violation. So really two turnovers from Auburn in that game compared to 25 assists, which is an unbelievable number. Indiana only had two points off turnovers, two. So when Indiana did, I mean, it, you know, Auburn didn't turn the ball over. So, I mean, of course, it's just a bucket. Auburn won on one on the boards. They doubled them up on bench points. They beat them in paint. I mean, Indiana came in with 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 this really really good front line, and those guys were good. Auburn still outscored them in the paint. Um, fast break points, doubled them up. Steals eight to two. I mean, they just they just dominated every facet of the game. But the guards is kind of where my focus was. I mean, Aiden Holloway twenty four, Denver Jones twelve, KD fourteen, Trey Donaldson ten. And if you want to toss in Chad Baker, who's sort of that tweener, mm-hmm. he's kind of a guy that's athletic and does a lot. If you want to toss him in, 11 points from him as well. Um, the guard position was fantastic. That that What's just wild is App State, Denver, and Katie didn't score. They they combined for zero points. A few days later, they um, they combined for, what did I say, 26 points. Katie and Denver hit three combined threes. Um, and so those guys, look, if, if you get that kind of – if Denver starts to become more aggressive, which is a guy that we talked about last show, it's kind of one of my things. Like I want to see him be more aggressive. He was. And then KD was just – that was good KD. You don't, always, you don't always know what you're going to get with KD. But when he's good, when he makes some plays and it fuels him in the right direction, he is an, he is an absolute game changer, but it can go the other way. We just, we just know that is part of the deal. But man, he was unbelievable. It was great to see Aiden get his confidence back shooting the basketball. Yes. But, but I, I tell you a guy that's forgotten, and I wrote about him a little bit at Auburn Live when I kind of talked about three guys that I thought stood out this week. And there were some good choices, but my three guys that stood out this week, I picked Chad Baker, mm-hmm. I picked Aiden, but I picked Trey. And if you look at what Trey did, even in that App State game, you don't, I don't, he, he, he played pretty well in that game off the bench. He played well again in, in against Indiana. And you look up, and I and I think I tweeted this or posted it now, said, if I told you an Auburn point guard led the team in three-point shooting and that same Auburn point guard led the team in assists per game, you'd go, well, yeah, Aiden Holloway, he's great. No, that's Trey Donaldson so far. 45% from three and 3.4 assists per game. Aiden's is 3.1 assists per game. Trey is, um, I think, is, is, is finding a little bit of confidence in that backup role, and I really liked what I saw from, from him in that game as well. Very consistent, Justin. He has been very – minus the Baylor game. Um, and, and, again, we talked about this. I mean, you're talking about a kid that was experiencing some real adversity in that game, coming off of his grandfather passing. But short of that, 
I think that Trey has been probably one of the most consistent players on this basketball team night in and night out um, and can give you production that Bruce can count on. And sometimes the best ability is accountability or, you know, dependability, right? Like being on the court, being somebody you can count on to give <laughs> the same production night in and night out. I'm going to have to bring my son next time we do a show. We'll have him each peek in on camera. <laughs> Um, but no, he's been great. Uh, and you're right that KD to me, when he's clicking in that way and he's got the scowl going and, you know, he's in his, he's in his zone and he's looking like he's getting ready to say, let me clear my throat. That's when KD's really got it going, man. Um, and he had it, he was able to take it to the cup when he wanted to, cause he had the advantage on the step or off the bounce. He was able to get the step back game going. He had everything. And then, like you said, Denver got his confidence. Seeing that good shooting stroke from him, and I think it helped probably being matched up against an athlete that wasn't as to the caliber of some of the guys he's faced so far. I don't think these Indiana guards were extremely athletic, and I think Denver kind of got comfortable. And you saw that really clean stroke of his with that three that he hit before halftime. And that was the quietest 24 points I think I've ever seen from Aiden Holloway. I mean, just super quiet 24. Yeah. and he was a bucket, man. I mean, he, he really was. What did you um, what did you make of uh, Janai's game? You know, two points, which is for him, right, obviously way, way beyond. He's averaging 18 points a game. Two points, one of six shooting. He did have seven boards. He had three assists. He had a couple blocks, a couple steals. So he did – he kind of did his good thing. Um, but offensively, he was up against it. Khalil Ware was really yeah. good, 13 points, and then – Renault was really good, 15 points. I mean, those guys kind of did what we thought they were going to do. Now, Auburn made it pretty difficult on where he shot two of eight for those 13 points. He had eight of his 13 were free throws, eight boards. Renault had 15 and seven. Um, and so those guys kind of got theirs, but it did take, you know, Renault did take 13 shots to get those points. So Janai was exerting a lot of effort defensively, but I thought offensively it was kind of one of those games. And I don't know how many teams in the SEC – have got a duo, honestly, as good as in. That's a pretty good duo front line for Indiana. I mean, they might not have the athletic ability on the perimeter, but that's a pretty good duo right there. I thought Janai was exposed a little bit athletically. He's just he's crafty and he does a lot of good things well. He's not the most athletic guy, um, and I thought both, especially Renault. I thought those guys were were pretty good athletes, and so I thought Brim struggled a little bit, pressed a little to start the second half when Indiana kind of made that run. I thought some of that was because Janai was trying to press a little bit on offense, and then he wasn't getting back on defense, and it, it allowed for a couple of easy buckets there. But, I mean, I guess the silver lining of that is Janai Brim, your leading scorer, scores two points, and you still win by 28. I mean, that's the silver lining to that is Janai did his part defensively, was a good teammate, had his struggles on offense, but then the guards explode, and you can win by 28 when your leading scorer scores 16 points under his average. Um, you can you can look at it. That's probably maybe a, a more positive way to look at it in terms of Auburn's depth, right? Sure, because the best teams in any conference are going to have to win in a multitude of different ways, right? Some nights, even your best player – look, Jordan's the best player I've ever seen, LeBron, LeBron James, close number two. They're nice. They just don't have it, man. You know what I mean? Like they just, 
it's just not there for them. And this was a night where it just wasn't there for Janai. And I agree with you. I do think the athleticism of of the Indiana duo did bother him a little bit. Um, but I think he missed some shots that he that he typically makes. I think it just he was not in the flow the way he typically is. And they did some things defensively to kind of take him out of that. And give them credit for some of the NBA sets they ran on offense, specifically down in the post, to kind of frustrate Janai a little bit. And like you said, make him exert a little bit more energy on the defensive end than maybe he's had to to this point. I mean, those were two NBA-sized type bigs that he was going up against, and he was having to hold his own. So it was a tough matchup for him. I thought that he held his, he held his own in the post pretty well from a defensive standpoint. Like you said, rebounded the basketball, but it just wasn't there. But then when, like you said, you find a different way to win, that can invigorate a team, Justin. It gives them the ability to get confidence that even when our best player, the guy we've counted on the last three or four games to really carry us, doesn't have it, we can still get it done against a quality opponent. Because Indiana's going to win close to 20 games. I honestly believe that. I don't think this is a team that's not going to get double-digit wins or, you know I mean, be in the high teens playing in a very competitive league in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I think this is a quality basketball team, and you went out there and absolutely decimated them by 28 points. Yeah. On a neutral side. It wasn't at home on a neutral side. I tend to agree with you on Indiana. I didn't think – thought it was a bad matchup for, for, for them against Auburn, the same way I thought Iowa was a bad matchup last year. I mean, Auburn did the same thing. They, they, they out-athleted Iowa and ran away from them. But Indiana's not – they're not bad. Um I mean, I thought they had some moments there where they looked pretty good. They'll win some games to that front line. It's crazy as rewatching the game, listening to Jimmy Dykes talk about um, number 32 for them, Galloway. I'm trying yeah. to look for his first name, uh, Trey Galloway. He mentioned a couple times in the broadcast that he thought Trey Galloway was Indiana's best defender, and Auburn worked him. Name an Auburn guard, and they worked that guy. Trey Donaldson had buckets on him. Aiden had buckets on him. So that was kind of interesting to hear Jimmy Dykes talk about. Hey, that's I think that's their best defender, and he was getting he was just getting run by from by Auburn stars. So that was kind of that was kind of a good thing to um, to to hear. But yeah, I, I think Indiana I think Indiana is um, is a good ball club and will and will win some games. And they just won at Michigan. Michigan's you know maybe kind of middling this year. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like the, the the confidence and sort of the rebound. I mean, that's one thing we didn't see at App State was bad, you know, go through some rough patches and they couldn't overcome it. I mean, listen, they're down 12 in a heartbeat in that game, and that crowd was, was predominantly Indiana, and it was loud, and they were going. And they didn't flinch, and they turned that thing around real quickly um, and went on a massive – I mean, to turn a 12-point deficit with 13 minutes to go before halftime into an 18-point lead, at halftime was incredible. And I was even rewatching. It wasn't just that. I mean, they shipped away. I think in the last probably six and a half minutes of that first half, Auburn scored like 30 points. Yeah. They had shipped all the way back, but it was still like 26, 22 or 30 to 26 with maybe four, four minutes or something like that. And then Auburn just hit that burst again. Um, and so you see those, the offensive ability of this team that you hope, you hope there will be some consistency. You know there's going to be games where they're going to throw everybody. Does. Everybody has games where they don't shoot the ball that well. You hope with this many weapons, though, that, it ha- that it's very rare where, where something like App State happens, um, you know, or whatever, it, or whatever it might be. But, man, that many guys that can, that can put a bucket in and they just fed off each other, man. They were just 
selfless basketball, feeding off each other in that game. Um, it was good stuff. I saw some good leadership moments from from some guys, from Chad Baker, who I'm really growing to to like. His energy and he's a little crazy, but I I'm seeing what Bruce is seeing when Bruce talks about his high basketball IQ. You can see it if you watch him. Yeah. Watch some passes he makes. Watch decisions he doesn't make. Just kind of watch him play, and he's pretty under control. Um, he generally makes good decisions. You don't see a bunch of forced shots from him. You don't see bad passes from him. And, and a guy like that coming off the bench, he's really quickly becoming the glue guy off the bench and kind of that cog in the wheel of – because there's a big debate, right, about SEMO. Why is it – people on Twitter, people on our message board, why aren't they starting Chad Baker ahead of Chris Moore? And, and yeah, I get it. Chris Moore pretty much doesn't score. Um, but it's about – with this many guys that play, it's about mixing and matching and sort of finding the best. I think he's looking at it going, I'm, I'm starting Aiden. I'm starting Janai. I'm starting Jalen. I'm starting Denver. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do I want Chris Moore playing with those guys, or do I want Chris Moore playing with KD, who you don't know, or, you know, or Trey, or do I want Chris Moore playing with Dylan? So, he's, so he's, I think the mix and match works. Start your experienced guy. You know he's going to come out and do the right thing. He's surrounded by other guys who can produce and score. Then you come off the bench with Chad Baker with a high basketball IQ. You pair him with Trey Donaldson, who I think is a smart player, and, and KD. And so you kind of balance that out a little bit. I like the mix, and I like bringing Chad Baker off the bench the same way they brought KD off the bench two years ago. Like I, I like I like it. I, I, so I think people need to kind of – Calm down on, on wondering why Chad Baker doesn't start. I don't think he should start. I don't think it would do Auburn good if he started and Chris came off the bench. I think I think the way they have it is the best way to get probably the most production. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think when you're looking at pure rotations, because Bruce is playing 10 deep, right? I mean, it's not like he's not going to roll 10 through. You're trying to put the best team on the floor together. And so when you move Chad Baker-Mazzaro with that second unit, you don't get a dip offensively that you would if you had Chris Moore with that second unit because now you have a guy in Chad Baker that can absolutely be a bucket when you need him to be. And you talked about some of the nuances of his game, uh, some of the passes that he makes, decisions that he makes. I love how he moves without the basketball, Justin. You don't see him with a lot of wasted movement. You see him consistently kind of being smart with how he's using his energy and how he's kind of cutting in and out and running off screens. Really enjoy what he does without the basketball in his hand, and then when he gets it, you know, I thought he was going to be more of a shooter this year, judging off what he did at junior college, but really he's gotten to the rim at a really high rate, um, and I've been very impressed with what he's been able to do off the dribble. Uh, so he's a surprise for me and somebody that I thought would take a little bit longer to get going, but defensively he's starting to find himself a little bit, which was my biggest concern. I think he's being smart, using his length to his advantage, because I don't think his feet are overly quick. But that length, at God, his wingspan is insane. Yeah. If if he's using that the way he should, I think he's going to be really good defensively, or at least a plus guy. 
um, so long as we don't match him up against the wrong player. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Well, you look at it. I mean, there's there's two things that stand out about Chad Baker. One, you know, we know he comes off the bench. He's played – I'd have to do the quick math. He's played 159 minutes. That is one, two, three, four, fifth on the team. So he's fifth on the team in minutes. Um, but he is second on the team in plus minus. He's Auburn is plus 91 when he's on the floor. That's only four points behind Aiden Holloway. So so he's fifth on the team in minutes, but he's but when he's on there, Auburn is plus 91 for the season. The other thing is he's two and a half assists per game, Chad Baker. That's a pretty good number for a dude off the bench who's playing 18-ish minutes to get two and a half assists who's not the point guard. Um, that's a really good number for, for Chad Baker. So those two things I think show you he's valuable to the team and he's making the most of it when he's in there. He's, he's getting a steal a game in limited minutes. Like, so there's, you can see the impact he's making. And you're right, three-point shooting's not there from a percentage standpoint, but they haven't needed it. Um, but I think that'll come a little bit. But I just like the way he's doing some different things. I think, he, I think, I think he's an under-the-radar guy in terms of what this team is sort of developing into Aiden gets the attention. We know Janai's a starter. We know, but man, starting to look more and more at Chad Baker. The way I feel like you looked at, and I kind of mentioned maybe a, I don't know if a better comparison, but maybe a more similar comparison would be not necessarily in scoring, but the way Wendell came off the bench in the championship season. Like mm-hmm. Wendell came off the bench, it was kind of like the guy when he you, you really needed him. He was very very important, and you wanted him coming off the bench. It worked. That's kind of how I see. Chad Baker, you want him coming off the bench, and he's very, very valuable. And it's similar because you got Chris Moore, who isn't going to score, same way Zepp was. You started Zepp, he's the experienced guy, but you knew he wasn't going to score, get you get you going, play some defense, then bring the catalyst off the bench. That's kind of what's happening. Simo goes out there, he gets you going, he, he knows what to do, but he's mm-hmm. not really going to score, and then you bring Chad Baker off the bench, and he's a catalyst for – to, to sort of keep things together when they roll through in that second wave, and it just – they rolled over Indiana. Um, are you surprised Auburn's not ranked? Like, are you surprised that that they're not getting a little more – I mean, is it the app state loss? Is it, I mean, look at Baylor's ranked sixth. They, they, they had Baylor – you know, they're beating Baylor at halftime. That was a down-to-the-wire game. I guess the app state loss maybe is holding them back right now. Maybe they could have squeaked in this week if they didn't have that one on their, their radar. But a little surprised at that because the rankings are – James Madison's ranked. They're living off beating Michigan State, who's now four and five. Right. Uh, you, you have, uh, um, gosh, that would just blank. Who did Colorado just beat the heck out of that's still ranked? Um, uh, but the, but Colorado's seven and two and not ranked, and they literally just beat a team that they ranked in by thirty. So the rankings are weird. But are you surprised Auburn's not ranked? Do you do you even care at all? I don't care. I am slightly surprised, just given the you know the degree of difficulty of our schedule to this point and some of the big names that have been on the schedule. Uh, because you're right, that Baylor loss to me, <laughs> dude. You went into a neutral site and played a top ten a team in the country and and had them, absolutely had them. Yeah. You went on the road to a mid major who's probably going to finish in the top half of the Sun Belt, which is a decent basketball league. And that's why a lot of teams don't travel to, you know, mid-major mid-major teams. Bruce is one of the rare coaches that will take a Power 5 team into play a mid-major in their house. And hats off to him for doing it. 
he is being penalized a little bit for that loss, in my opinion, because there's no way when you watch Ole Miss, and this is not me trying to take a shot at Chris Beard. I think he's a phenomenal basketball coach. But their team right now, where it is, is not where this Auburn basketball team is, and they haven't played the schedule that Auburn has played. No, no. And for them to get votes over us, this kind of shows you that people are looking more at the overall record and that one loss that Auburn sustained against Appalachian State than they are necessarily about the quality of opponent that we've played to this point. That yeah, was, that's another one that's annoying. It'll play itself out, but Ole Miss getting vote, getting more votes than Auburn right now is stupid. That was another one I thought was was ridiculous. They're nine and zero, but they've played nobody. I mean, they beat UCF on the road. UCF's about eighty. They beat Memphis. Memphis is a decent, but they, they've played a bunch of teams in the two and three hundreds, um, and haven't really been challenged by a, a decent team. But that'll all um, that'll all play itself out. Of course, Alan Flanagan's having a great year. We all saw that coming. Well, um, and, and, yeah, uh, he deserves it. I, I'm glad him and Wes are finding some success over there. And, you know, hopefully when we match up against him that uh, we'll get the better of that game. But I wish, you know, him all the best, and we'll see how their season finishes up. Yep, yep. They come to Neville January 20th. Um, the first meeting will be in Neville. Um, so that'll that'll certainly be an interesting one. Um, yeah, I was trying to look through it. uh at some other things. I mean, really, the only Auburn – I mean, there's not a whole lot that Auburn's doing. If we talked about free throws being a struggle, they bounce back and go 20 of 23. Yeah. That was, not, was really, really nice to see. Maybe an underrated part of that game um, was some really good free throw shooting from, from, from the guys. Um, even looking at – yeah, they still foul. Maybe that's just going to be the game this year. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Bruce's team, the way – maybe the style of play defensively – in the, in the aggressiveness that he plays with. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just going to lead to 20, 21 fouls a game. I mean, Indiana committed 22. Um, and so I I don't know. Maybe maybe the way the game is being called this year, it's going to be tough for Auburn to have a game where they don't foul a decent bit. But they're drawing fouls at a decent rate as well, whether it's Janai, whether it's driving to the basket. So maybe that will balance itself out. Um, but, man, a lot, of, a lot of good things from that Indiana game to take, to take into uh, – take you into UNC Asheville and USC. What do you think about, because we won't talk again until after USC, UNC Asheville, just so people know, they are 196 in the Torvik rankings. Yep. I'd have to find them in the, let's see real quick, in Ken Palm where they are. Probably These are really close, generally pretty pretty similar. Let's see where UNC Asheville is. And of course, I probably won't even be able to find them. Where are they? Is it, where are they? UNC Asheville. I don't know. I can't find them. They well, are, uh, we can talk about where they are on their actual schedule. Where they are 221. So, I mean, it's it's a team that in the past has been, you know, a tournament type team in their in their conference, but a team that. There's a team that Auburn should take advantage of, and then USC comes in, and they just can't freaking stop losing. They lost on Long Beach State. It's like, guys, can you can you guys? I thought that was I thought USC potentially could be top 25 coming in here, and they keep losing. Um, mm-hmm. They played a decent schedule, so their Ken Palm ranking and stuff's pretty good. They're right about 20, 30, something like that. But we know the talent, Isaiah Collier and, and Bronny James, and all that. So that's going to be a phenomenal game, an entertaining game uh, Sunday. What do you sort of make of these two games? What do you want to see specifically in that game against USC, which should be Athlete-wise, USC is going to have the kind of athletes that will match up, and I think Auburn's going to just really rise to that 
to that level. I think they're going to be really jacked to play that game. I don't disagree with you on USC. We'll start with UNC Asheville, a team that's 5-5, five and five, having a little bit of a disappointing season so far with some of the opponents they've suffered losses to. And we'll see if they don't correct that as they move towards the back or into in-conference play for them. But you're playing a neutral side opponent, and what I want to see is can Auburn come off of a big win against Indiana and maintain some consistency against a lesser opponent, like you said, that you should take advantage of? Or do we lose focus in that game? And is this a situation where Bruce has to get their attention again? So what I want to see is start to finish, not even have that start that you had against Indiana, start to finish, take it to this team, win by double digits, win comfortably, win the way you want to, let Janai get his touches, see if you can continue to shoot with consistency from the outside, continue the ball movement that you saw in the Indiana game and really the unselfish play. And then you hit the nail on the head with USC, Justin. Athlete for athlete, this is going to be a very good matchup for us as far as what you're going to see in the SEC. These, this is the kind of team you're going to measure yourself against as far as where you stack up in the league. You've already played one of those teams in Baylor. Now you get to the other team on your schedule in USC. And this, for us, will show us how much progress we've made from game one to game two as far as what kind of team we can be. Um, we talked about Denver finding himself. We need to continue to see that over the next two games. He's going to be big for us as we move into conference play, specifically with his ability to bust the zone and to be able to shoot from outside and stretch defenses somewhat. Uh, Aiden being consistent. You saw him on a rough two-game stretch. Now he comes off and has the game of his life, of his career to this point, minus the Baylor game. He was phenomenal. Uh, see what you get to continue to get out of Trey. And can you get good KD for three games in a row? Can yeah. you go on that kind of a stretch? You know what I mean? I want to see him make those faces. I want to see him scream and holler and all that. Yeah, he was giving it to the Indiana bench, man. He was giving it to them. He was. Screaming at them, this is my city. I mean, that dude was popping his jersey. I'm sure they're like, what? This guy is insane. I'm telling you, dude. But that's how, you know, KD needs to have a villain for everybody. You know what I mean? Like somebody's got to be that dude to get him yeah. lined up. Yeah. And I love it when he gets into that zone. But let's see if he can't continue to play with that kind of an energy. Um, Because you're going to get – Everything you want against SC, if you sleepwalk into that game, they'll take advantage and beat you in your house. And if you want to be a tournament team, if you want to be a Sweet 16-type team, you need this kind of a win on your resume to make sure that you get there. So those are the things that I kind of want to see. Now, what do you expect to see, Justin? What do you think you're going to see from the UNC Asheville game and the USC game? I think I mean, I think Auburn will roll into to, to Huntsville and continue to, to play pretty good ball. I don't think it'll look like Indiana. Um, just because I think they got hyped. I think they rose to the occasion in that really good environment. We'll see what it's like in Huntsville. It'll be sold out. From what I understand, sold out in Huntsville. There should be a lot of Auburn fans there. Uh, but short turnaround, right? Play on Saturday. Uh, you come home. You got to practice Sunday Monday. Go up there. Um, play on Wednesday night. So it's kind of like an SEC turnaround. Um, I, I think they'll. I think they'll handle their business there um, and win that game. My focus is sort of on USC. Um, and kind of looking at what, what's going on with USC. They, they're a little turnover prone. They're 242nd in the country in turnover percentage. So maybe that's something that's hindered them a little bit. Um, they're a top 30 offensive team and a top 50 defensive team. So they're not, their numbers aren't, um, that bad. They just, they got a two point loss to Oklahoma. You saw what Oklahoma just did to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma's a good, a good team. I think Oklahoma's now in the top 25. So that's one of USC's losses. One of the other USC losses is a 13-point loss to Gonzaga, who's also ranked. So two losses to top 25 teams. Um, Auburn can't even say that. They came with Baylor, but not App State. 
and then a UC Irvine loss and a Long Beach State loss where you're just kind of scratching your head, both of them at home. Um, you know, Long Beach State's 136 and UC Irvine's 82. That, those are losses that probably shouldn't have happened, but maybe there's a lot of talent on USC's team, but, but they're not quite dialed in to play every single night. And so I kind of see a team that's talented and dangerous, but is, is a little inconsistent. Yep. Um, and so that, that, that just speaks to being a, a, a very, um, a very dangerous team. So I, I think it's going to be, man, I think that game's going to be awesome. I think there's going to be a bunch of athletes, potentially the number one pick in the draft. And Isaiah Collier, a sold out Neville arena. I think Auburn's going to be fired up to play not just Southern Cal, but that level of athlete. They're going to, I mean, Bruce is going to tell them Collier and Bronny and all these dudes. I think they're going to be fired up. I mean, Auburn went there last year, played them toe-to-toe. Um, you know, it was kind of Trey Donaldson sort of broke out that game and scored a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn barely lost that game. So I, I like Auburn's chances, but, man, it should be a really, really fun – it should be a really, really fun atmosphere. And they just got to get through these next two. Got to get through these next two, and I think they can be 11-2 going into SEC play with a, with a lot of with a lot of confidence. But – I'm with yeah. you. Just consistency with this point. Consistency at this point is kind of where what I'm looking for with this Auburn team. You're looking for signs of growth um, from a maturity standpoint and a consistency standpoint. You know the talent's there, the shooting's there, but you bounce back from App State. Can you can you can you start to put it together a little bit more consistency? I mean, that was one of the things Bruce talked about earlier in the year was these bad halves of basketball, like second half of Alabama State or Alabama A&M. Um, it's a bad second half of defense against Baylor. You give up 50-something points. And you've, you've had a little bit more consistent. Even though they lost App State, they played pretty good defense in that game. They just needed some shots to fall. I think they're showing more consistency. But I think that's what you want to start to continue to see before SEC play is, okay, for the most part, they're developing into a pretty consistent team. Kind of know what you're getting. Point guards are, are starting to play a little bit better. You want to keep watching Aiden and Trey and how they're growing, and are they going to be able to handle running a team in the SEC, things like that. But, man, that Indiana game was was a great time. Bruce said he, Bruce told uh, Mike Woodson afterwards, it's about as good as we can play. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, like, hey, I don't, I don't know to tell you, man, that's like as good as we can play. And Mike Woodson was really gracious um, as well. Like, you know, hey, y'all, y'all had it tonight. Yep, good coach. I mean, NBA former head coach. It runs a lot of NBA sets, really good basketball coach in his own right. And and you're right. He was very gracious with how he talked about Auburn and how we performed in that game. And so I'm going to be kind of cheering for Indiana a little bit, and, and not just because it makes us look better, obviously, yeah. uh, but because of the way they handled that situation in the class with which they played with. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how Auburn fares this week. They can get through this week like their chances heading into uh, SEC play with a really, really good record. If you get a chance, man, if you can come down, anybody's listening, if you can find tickets to that game on, on Sunday, I'd, I'd, I'd try to come. Um, I think it'll be a really, really entertaining game. That'll be a high-level SEC kind of game um, there. And uh, after that, Auburn's got like, they have like 10 days off, I think. Let me see. They play USC on the 17th. I'm sorry, they come back and play Alabama State on Friday, and then they have eight days off. So after USC, they're going to have one game in about a two-week span there during the Christmas holidays. Um, and then, of course, play Chattanooga. That game got moved with the with the Music City Bowl that Saturday. That game got moved to 8 o'clock at night on the 30th um, right there. So we'll see how they fare. A lot of the projections have Auburn. So for, so for this week, just so people know, 
Um, the Torvik Analytics have Auburn beaten UNC Asheville 82-66, and they have Auburn beating USC 79-72. Oof. So tight, tight ball game. That second one should be a, a tight ball game and a a fun one, man. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Go to AuburnLive.com and check out all the basketball coverage. Make sure you're there. Um, and we'll come back next week and <clears throat> talk about a couple of games, UNC Asheville and Southern Cal for this Auburn basketball team that seems to be getting better. A lot of promise, a lot of promise um, with this team, a lot of good things happening. Uh, make sure you go check out Session Cocktail, sponsor of the show, downtown Auburn Magnolia Avenue. Go check them out. Uh, come down on the holidays, man. Come down, spend a weekend in Auburn. Um, some of the traffic will be out of there. Spend a night. Go, go check out Session and uh, tell them that we sent you. And uh, we'll come back next week and chat about a couple games. Jay, I appreciate it, man. Where you, what you got going on? People are going to find you on the recruiting show and the call-in show. I'm telling you. So we got a recruiting show that we're going to have probably come out first thing tomorrow morning. We'll have another recruiting show that's going to come out first thing Friday morning. We'll have a oh. call-in show on Sunday. Oh. And then you guys will see me and Justin again. So a full week for me on this show. And then I think we're also going to have a uh, national signing day show coming up next Wednesday as well. That'll be killer. Go to Auburn Live. I think as we're recording this, they just picked up another JUCO commitment. So make sure you're a JUCO offensive lineman. So go check that out. Read all about that. A lot of news happening on this Monday. Keontae Scott coming back. We kind of thought that was coming, but that's awesome. Love Keontae. So go check out AuburnLive.com for all of that news. Subscribe $1 for the first month. Go take advantage of that. There's so much news happening right now on our message board. A lot of that. Not everything's written and not everything's on Twitter or X or whatever we call it these days. Um, so go take advantage of that, man. A dollar a month. You're crazy if you don't do it, do it. Yes. All right. For Jay Head, I'm Justin. We will see you guys next time. See you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.